right, hello and welcome to another episode of The King of Games, 1992. I am, of course, Shane Kosky, your host and MC for today, and I am joined here at the judges panel by uh, two fine individuals, friends of the show. I have with me Cade Call of the Gaming Memories podcast and the illustrious Nintendo host, LP Tiger. Gentlemen, how are you doing today? Fantastic. I'm great. My body yeah. is ready. <laughs> Fantastic. I love it. All right. So uh, as as the title implies, you, you might know why we're here. We're here for uh, for a bit of a, a bit of a face off, a little bit of a matchup, uh, a Shaolin showdown, perhaps a, a Red Falcon rumble, if you will. And uh, I didn't even write that shit down. That's top right of the brain, the baby. <laughs> Hot damn. Anyway, <laughs> self-congratulation aside, we are in fact talking about the OG Mortal Kombat arcade cabinet versus Contra 3, the Alien Wars for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Two games enter, one game leaves. That's how it works. And uh, if you somehow have stumbled into this episode and are not entirely familiar how this goes, let me uh, give you the brief uh, high-level summary here. So essentially, we are going to provide a little bit of background information about both of these games uh, in terms of you know what they are, the critical reception and sales figures, some any awards or recognition that they may have received at the time, things like that. Um, we'll give a little bit of a high-level description of what they actually are. So if for some reason you're not familiar with these games, then at least you will be dangerous enough to have a conversation about it later. And then we will jump into the back half of the conversation, which is touching on four uh, fairly important categories on how we're ranking these games. And uh, it should probably be noted that even though we are going to each give, you know, each of these categories to one of these games, ultimately, that score basically doesn't matter. It's basically like, whose line is it anyway? The points are mostly irrelevant. Because anything could happen at the end of the episode, and we may pick something that didn't win jack shit, so who knows. But in terms of those categories, we are looking at the critical reception, personal attachment, legacy, and head-to-head. -head. And that one usually requires a little bit of clarification. It is not the ultimate determination of which one is better head to head in this case means if you were to sit down right now and had these two games presented to you, which one would you rather play and why? That's what we're talking about there. So gentlemen, do you have anything else that you want to throw in here before we just jump right into this thing? Nope. I say we dive in and sink or swim. Fight on. <laughs> All right. Well, here we go. All right, so we're going to start things off with Mortal Kombat. For the two of you out there that aren't aware of what this is, it is, in fact, an arcade fighting game wherein your combatants, with a K, of course, travel to a mysterious island owned by the one and only Shang Tsung to compete in a martial arts tournament that will ultimately determine the fate of the entire world, or in terms of the game, the Earth Realm. So Mortal Kombat was released in arcades on October 8th of, of course, 1992, and then just basically every home console, um, handheld included, in 1993, the game was developed and published by Midway, 
with all of the later home releases handled largely by acclaim. As far as critical reception and sales are concerned, uh, typically we like to provide the game rankings aggregate scores for the games that we talk about uh, in these tournaments. But uh, interestingly enough, both of these games do not have one. So I guess they're on even footing in that regard. There are some contemporaneous scores for Mortal Kombat, however. Um, There's really only two that I could track down that are specific to the arcade cabinet. And interestingly enough, they are both from uh, United Kingdom sources. So we have Computer and Video Games Magazine giving it a 72% with, strangely, (laughs) Sinclair User, which was a magazine that was largely just focused on Sinclair games and and machines, uh, giving it a 69%. So not necessarily a fantastic score, but still nice nonetheless. In terms of awards and recognition, Mortal Kombat was reported to be the second most popular upright arcade cabinet by Replay in September of 1992, and then uh, fairly quickly took the number one spot from October to November, and then actually a couple more times in the following year. Uh, It topped the Play Meter Arcade chart in December of 92, and Electronic Gaming Monthly gave it its Most Controversial Game of 93 award, um, which, as you know, we'll probably talk about in a little bit, is not entirely surprising. Uh, Time Magazine named it one of the top 100 greatest games of all time in 2012. And finally, in 2019, Mortal Kombat was inducted into the Strong National Museum of Plays World Video Game Hall of Fame. And last but certainly not least, we need to touch on sales figures. So the Mortal Kombat arcade cabinet was the second top grossing arcade game of summer of 1993 uh, behind only NBA Jam. And it exceeded the now this is I'm going to be honest, this is a strange metric. Right. This is like how people complain about how Americans measure things in anything but like, you know, the metric system. Evidently, the way that we're going to talk about this is it exceeded the three hundred million dollar domestic box office gross of Jurassic Park of the film, which released in theaters the same year uh, because evidently we don't actually know the real sales figure. So that's the that's the barometer that's the 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 measuring stick that we're going with is Jurassic Park how are arcade sales figures even i guess aggregated or counted you a lot of times those cabinets will get bought i'm just wondering they'll get bought and they'll get resold potentially move from arcade to arcade um, sure obviously i bet you could track down the console sales figures but we're talking about just the arcade cabinet for 92 correct that's correct yeah okay. yeah yeah and i mean i think that was always kind of like a, a dubious count anyway um because to your point i think they are fairly difficult to get a real accurate track on um i know in some previous episodes uh we've talked about there was a like an arcade gaming association at the time that pretty much was one of or the authority on a lot of those numbers Um, so that it was one way that, you know, you could kind of keep track of that. I know replay was a big name in keeping track of, you know, arcade revenue at the time. Um, so as far as I'm aware, that's really the only way that they could track that. Has anyone ever tracked, not just the sales of the cabinets, Mm -hmm. but how many quarters, like how much money (laughs) that would be interesting if there's a, I'm sure there's no way to find out, but I I'd wonder like during the, the hype right? Mm. The peak of Mortal Kombat. Like maybe there was less 
cabinets than NBA Jam, but maybe more quarters were spent, you know, potentially. I don't know. It'd be interesting. If yeah. Well, I'm sure you could probably do some rough math on that, right? Like if you figured out how many cabinets were distributed at the time and then divide the the rough revenue by by quarters, you could probably figure that out. Yeah. It'd be an interesting metric, just quarters per minute. You don't remember that time where Arcade Techs had spreadsheets and they kept every single game and wrote down every single amount of uh, you know, quarters that they were put in? Yeah. That didn't happen. <laughs> 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 but you know <laughs> well shit <laughs> there's a clipboard somewhere at some pizza joint that's right. just got the numbers that we're looking for somebody cared enough I'm sure I'm sure uh, there but, was someone <laughs> out there who did it yeah. but, but I assume this figure is based upon the amount of sales um, actual arcade cabinets is that where this is assuming we're basing this off of well if yes you, if yeah. you know that it made more than 300 million the, the box office gross of Jurassic Park like where did that where did that stat come from? Literally from the Wikipedia page, and that's what's weird about it is they provide this number, but I could not find an actual sales figure like anywhere. So <laughs> no... someone knew the number, but didn't put it in there. But just... didn't fucking put it because instead they wanted to be like, yeah, Zeus better than Jurassic Park. <laughs> okay, great. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there yeah, you go. You're right, America, baby. <laughs> Uh, all right. So uh, before we jump over to the the vital statistics of our competitor here, um, let's talk a little bit about Mortal Kombat. So I'll I'll go ahead and kind of kick this one off. So of course we 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 are pretty familiar with what it is. You know, it's a two D uh, fighting game, and the game used uh, digitized sprites of real actors, which at the time was pretty visually impressive. Um, and also coincidentally, a reason for why a lot of parents were very concerned about the over the top violence that the game is known for, because in, in some ways it made it more real, I guess to them, um, particularly that the parents of, of 1992. And so you can't really have a discussion about mortal Kombat without mentioning the controversy that it caused and its sort of integral role in the creation of the, the ESRB, right? Right. These aren't cartoons, man. These are real yeah. people. And their necks exactly. are really yeah. getting taken out. And there's blood everywhere. Where is their blood? No game has blood, except this one. <laughs> at the time, I'm not sure if that's true, but like at the time, you know, we have real you have real humans like actually bleeding. Like that was a brand new thing. So it was, it was very, uh, can't think of the word, uh, violent. <laughs> yeah. Shocking. Yeah. One yeah. might say. Yeah. And I mean, of course you're, you're sort of like referring to that, but I think the biggest issue outside of just the, uh, relatively copious amounts of blood, because we would definitely see that topped in later years, <laughs> but, um, is the fatalities I think was really the big sticking point for a lot of people because that had never been seen in, really any game before where you know not only are you defeating your opponent but then if you knew how to you could you know essentially rip their head off their body and have their spine dangling you know with a pool of blood on the ground or something to that effect that was sub-zero's fatality awesome yes, yes and that was. was the most standout thing about the game well, at least for me Definitely. yeah and and a funny thing about that they it led to that point because they said that they didn't like the dizzying mechanic in you know, other fighting games. 
So they decided mm-hmm. to put that at the end to give the winning player one more hit. And I guess it evolved into, you know, let's tear them bitches up. Well, and the interesting thing about that, too, is initially they were only ever going to have Shang Tsung have the ability to do that to the player. Oh. And then they decided, you know what? Actually, this is cool. So let's just let everybody do this. (laughs) I did not know that. That's a cool little tidbit. Yeah. Yeah. I think the game was, um, you're right. I think the digitized sprites, even though it was not the first game to do it. I remember Pit Fighter and a few other games Mm -hmm. that did it. But it did it at a quality that was definitely a jump up at the time. And it was the first in my memory, and I, I, could, I think probably in general, the first game that used a digitized sprites that became like a blockbuster hit and sort of pushed that graphic style to like the mainstream. Then you have right. the fact the fatalities, I believe, were that truly was the first game that did anything like that. I can't think of any even semi-similar mechanics that came prior to Mortal Kombat. So I think Absolutely. Those, and there was definitely games that had blood prior, right? Digitized graphics and blood had been around, but they hadn't, oh, been, sure. they hadn't been done sort of in that combination. And then when you tack on that fatality mechanic, and fighting games were also all the jam peak 90s fighting games in general, you have the, the ingredients for a, like a mega hit that just every kid in our generation a little bit before and after probably has memories of Mortal Kombat. It's just, whether you played it or not, you know what it is. Oh, for sure, yeah. And I mean, just, you know, like anecdotally, if you think about the the arcade cabinet itself this was probably one of the first times where you know a, a kid would roll into an arcade and you would see the the artwork on the side and the front of the arcade cabinet with the actual you know graphics of the actual actors that were playing these characters and then you go play the game and they fucking actually look yes. the same you know <laughs> yes that's a good point it was um just like lots of things came together and i'm i'm surprised back to the the first part that we don't have hard numbers because it was such a big game you know i could see like an obscure game being hard tracked down certain numbers but mortal kombat I and mean, that was it was a revolutionary in a lot of ways i mean i think fatalis was probably the only truly revolutionary thing about it but the, the whole package came together in a way that was just man it was crazy so many good memories about mortal kombat but it's it's a 2D fighting game that just, I don't know it, what was the magic. It had to have just been the violence at the right time. Just that little extra blood, that those fatalities, just just enough to get on the mind of every soccer mom out there and in the heart <laughs> of every 13-year-old and just blow up. That's right. It's peak edgy 90s. On top of that, I I do believe that the actual controlling of the game you know, helped with it as well because... Good you point. know, moves in like Street Fighter were difficult. Like I couldn't figure out how to do a Hadouken for, you know, <laughs> for the life of me as a kid. They they actually had a block button, so you didn't have to know to hold back. And mm-hmm. they also had easy inputs, which were forward, forward, high punch, you know, forward, forward, low punch. And the moves came out when you did them. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a really I, good point. It yeah, definitely. A- it did not play like all the other fighting games as well. I didn't think about that, but now that you bring it up, it's, it felt a little more stiff and slow, but not necessarily bad. 
No, I mean it was super stiff, like, and yeah. you know, but in, mm-hmm. in obviously when you push the, uh, there were very very limited amounts of moves in the game. You'll hold back when you push a button, and they do their little sweep kick or whatever. But I, I think that really did help, like people realize, oh, I don't have to figure out all these moves in Street Fighter. Everyone's really good. I want to play this other game that uh, is realistic, is uh, you know, is cool, you know, because of blood, and you can. Take people's heads off, <laughs> which which, which is how a, a dragon and eat somebody, <laughs> which came later. But you know, as a kid during that time, yeah, it was super super cool. Actually, was that Luke King's Mortal Kombat Fatality in the first one? Too. Yeah. Mortal okay, Kombat. you know, it was in one also. Was it in one? The dragon eating? I thought it was the. I'm beast pretty sure it is. Too. It's very confusing because they switched a lot of well, stuff. Well, no, around that's actually where versions. the that's where the 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 the. the you called it a bestiality. Is that what it's called? Oh. No. <laughs> a- 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 animalities. Animalities, animalities. Right. Uh-oh. That was actually Protean what switch. caused them to put animalities into the games later was oh. that. Because there was like – that's one of the things, right, that I feel like we probably ought to mention also that's a little, a little bit of a tangent but related now that you brought that up. And that is Mortal Kombat, at least in my experience, was one of the few games that just had the most like rumors swirling around about <laughs> – Things that probably weren't true, <laughs> but the developers also really listened to a lot of that stuff and leaned into it pretty hard uh, in future iterations of Mortal Kombat, where they would actually take these rumors that absolutely were false and then tease them and then in some cases actually implement them into the games <laughs> later. Um, and that was one of the things is like that dragon finisher, the the rumor around that was that, you know, there was like, animalities and it never was the case and then ultimately it actually became a thing cool deal lots of cool things about this game it makes i mean i think you made a good point tiger about the approachability of the gameplay i didn't think about that but it was easier to pick up and play than street Fighter. i mean obviously you, you want to play it because it looks real and all the violence or whatever but yeah. once you start playing you realize how easy it is you know they, they got you so at least that's the way I felt at the time. So yeah, yeah, for sure. And and just I guess one final note on this to kind of cap that off is that having said all of this about it, keep in mind that initially this game was developed in roughly eight months by a team of about four people. So right. Right. Pretty wow. impressive. So cool. considered. Can Dang. can we are we also gonna mention the fact that it was made specifically for Jean Claude Van Damme? Oh yeah, you want to talk about Universal Soldier? <laughs> Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I didn't I didn't know that. So like when I read that I was like, "Oh, well that makes sense because Johnny Cage is basically Van Damme and mm-hmm. you know, apparently Johnny Cage was just JC for Jean-Claude. They named him Johnny Cage as an inspiration of Van Damme. Um but he was actually supposed to be in the game. Um but uh I, I don't know what happened. Some I'm sure someone well, else. So, yeah. yeah, so it was originally supposed to be a licensed game for Universal Soldier and the uh, the 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 stated reason for why it never happened was uh, good old Jean Claude uh, just was too busy to be bothered with being involved that makes with sense, the creation yes. of the game, <laughs> um, and so you know they decided to take the assets they had already started working on and kind of turn it into their own thing. And yeah, that's why that's why Johnny Cage looks the way he does because he he's his outfit in the original Mortal Kombat is basically Jean-Claude Van Damme from Bloodsport. Right. And then he does have the split punch, which he does in Bloodsport. He does. So that was really cool. 
<laughs> but yeah, I I thought that was really super cool. Oh, one more the one other thing was uh Van Damme did eventually have a game in the future. Street Fighter the movie. Yes, which yeah. was then Street Fighter the movie the game, <laughs> which also used digitized sprites. It did. It did. Everything came full circle. Yeah, good I mean, for him. Game was a dumpster fire, but still. <laughs> All right, I suppose we should hop on over to our other contestant in today's matchup. So let's talk a little bit about Contra 3, The Alien Wars. So Contra 3 is a run-and-gun side-scrolling action shooter in which the player takes on the role of either Jimbo or Sully, commandos tasked with saving Earth from the evil alien Red Falcon's invasion in the year 2636. The game is also known as Super Probotector Alien Rebels in Europe, and it was released on February 28th of 1992 and was developed and published by everybody's favorite, Konami. Uh, In terms of critical reception and sales figures, um, we have some similarities to Mortal Kombat in that we do not have uh, an aggregate score available, but we do have some contemporaneous ones. So, uh, computer, uh, or CVG rather gave it a 91%. That was the UK based magazine. Electronic gaming monthly gave it a pretty solid 36 out of 40. And, uh, Famitsu gave it a middle of the road ish 28 out of 40. Uh, there were a few other ones that you can go and look up, but honestly, those are kind of the big ones. In terms of awards and recognition for Contra 3 The Alien Wars, Nintendo Power Magazine ranked it the third best game of 1992, um, and in conjunction with that, it was nominated for Game of the Year. Ultimately, it obviously did not win, but took third place instead. EGM ranked it the eighth best console game of all time in 1997. And unfortunately, we have even less information about actual sales figures for this cart than we did for the Mortal Kombat arcade cabinet in that we really don't have any at all. And I went digging for this also. And the only thing I could really find was VG charts, which usually is a fairly decent resource for these sorts of things. But the only numbers that I could find were for Japanese sales. And those looked like they were possibly incomplete. Um, So we don't actually have any solid numbers whatsoever, which, again, seems a little strange to me, considering this is not necessarily a super obscure game, and it was on a very popular home console, but there you have it. What are the odds? Two games with no sales figures. (laughs) Yeah, I found this to be very strange on both, both accounts, actually, but maybe, maybe Mortal Kombat a little bit more given it's... Yeah. (laughs) ubiquity but but at any rate um i don't know what what do you guys you guys want to take some some discussion here on contra 3 do you just want me to keep rolling i mean it's contra with better graphics and cool alien designs Mm -hmm. i mean true these are true it's uh if if someone's listening and they don't understand what a contra game is uh, it's like i guess that the (laughs) (laughs) what the fuck are you doing here (laughs) yeah but in case you don't no offense it's like uh yeah run it run and gun it's Run and Gun is a, that's the genre, I suppose. Side-scrolling Run and Gun. I can't think of any other way to say it. Um, it's like mm-hmm. it's like Mario, except you got guns, and if you get hit once, you die. <laughs> yes. There you go. <laughs> it's Mario the Dark Souls. There, there you go. <laughs> Dark Souls Mario. Writing that down. Um, <laughs> I think it's a technically pretty polished game for the time. 
I do remember mm-hmm. it having some slowdown issues, but a lot of games on the Super Nintendo had slowdown issues. I did go through and watch a full playthrough in preparation for this and played the first couple levels on emulator just to jog my memory. I did play it as a kid at a friend's house. Never beat it as a kid. It was I remember it being very difficult. It's it's Contra. I don't know how it's just, it's in my mind it's the last like popular Contra before most people would argue the series took a downhill turn. I for one like the PS1 Legacy of War Contra, but most people don't and think it just went to shit after that. Um, mm-hmm. I know a lot of Contra heads consider it the pinnacle of the series. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It 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 really stands out because of the fact that we 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 had what three different Contras already on the NES, and just just the jump from eight bit to sixteen bit, and all the extra like there are little additions when you look at it now, but back then it was kind of big. Like they had the second weapon slot yep, and so that you could hold two weapons. Not only that, I have to include that my favorite thing to do when I played this game was pose. So you hold yes. L and R and you pose <laughs> and you know, you don't, you don't think about holding it and then using both weapons at the same time. You just like the fact that you could pose. <laughs> uh, yeah, you get that nice sprite of these guys like, 55 inch fucking chest (laughs) (laughs) and i I would say just just the fact that a character will face the screen or face you like (laughs) playing the game that was really cool at the time for me there was also you had a bomb uh Mm. you know in the past countries you had jump you had shoot (laughs) but now you got the bomb now you can hang on to stuff oh yeah now you can now you can climb on to stuff like and all that it was was in the first level so like they they really I think they really came at you here. Like like you you remember Contra, but this is this is on a whole nother level. It's the so. formula yeah. refined for sure. Definitely. Yeah, and I'm 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 glad that you said that, Tiger, because that actually kind of segues into what I was going to mention, which is Right from the get-go, you know, Contra 3 kind of hooks you with uh, a, a basically everything. You know, it's got this fantastic soundtrack right from the start of level Ooh. one. It's got intense and very precise gameplay, and the action is just completely over the top. And, Ooh. you know, to Cade's point, Contra 3 really did, and and does, I suppose, if you're still playing this on, you know, original hardware, it, it pushes the SNES to its limits. And the results are, by and large, very impressive. I think the the use of mode 7 in contra 3 was intelligent throughout where a lot of games it kind of used it as just a shitty gimmick this actually leveraged it in a way that made sense and not only enhanced the gameplay like you know tiger you mentioned the first level just kind of comes out kicking and you get about halfway through the first stage and you get this jet this mode seven ass jet flying directly into the screen and carpet bombing the whole level. And that's just so fucking intense just right off the bat. And so you have that, but you also have this mode seven stuff that ends up completely changing the game with two overhead twin stick shooter style levels mixed in, you know, amongst the, the more traditional sort of side scrolling run and gun action was there only two top-down levels yeah yeah wow. there's only two okay yeah um and you know i also want to point out that the sprite work in contra 3 is, is like on another level yes. um even the normal enemies 
often end up being these huge, impressive-looking sprites. But this really, really shines with the boss encounters. Mm. You get these, like, multi-sprite behemoths that, like, in many cases, take up, like, half the whole screen. And in the sake of full, you know, objectivity, Cade was absolutely right in that there are a number of cases, and I've played this game enough to know exactly where they are, (laughs) um, of slowdown that will happen consistently (laughs) every single time, partially because, you know, the developers were really trying to push the hardware and see what it could do. But also, you know, these, these giant sprites coupled with the vast amount of bullets flying around, you tend to get some sections that kind of slow to a crawl. But frankly, one could argue that (laughs) that's actually to the player's benefit in some cases, because it gives you a little bit more time to react. (laughs) It it almost makes it feel more epic. You know, like movies sometimes will go into slow-mo as an aesthetic choice to sort of... True. And you could argue, I don't know if the developers did that on purpose. They probably didn't. But maybe... I doubt it. (laughs) Not intentionally (laughs) works in a similar way. I think similar to Mortal Kombat, where we talked about the digitized sprites and the aesthetic and being realistic... The aesthetic of Contra for me was, when I was younger, graphics probably mattered more than they do now to the average player. <laughs> and mm-hmm. title screens and intros were a big deal, I think, for a lot of people. And hmm. th- the opening sequence to Contra, the sprite work is awesome. And then the Mode 7 scaling and, like you said, the boss the boss sprites. I don't know if this is true, but I would be surprised if they didn't officially in some capacity take inspiration from alien in like H. Oh, ginger they uh yeah they absolutely did yeah for sure it's like i love it the aesthetic of contra 3 is it's it's one of those moments where the jump from generation from the 8-bit to the 16-bit combined with the mode 7 the sprite work the hr ginger-esque aesthetic <laughs> the chaos the climbing it's just when Contra 3 came out, it was like, we expected a jump, but this was a jump. It was crazy. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And just for the sake of clarity, we are referring to H.R. Giger as far as artwork My is bad. concerned. My bad. <laughs> that guy. The guy that did Alien. That, yeah, that, that dude. Yes. And so, you know, outside of what we've already mentioned, uh, there's also one other entire level in the game that really continues to add variety where you have an entire section that sort of weaves in an auto-scrolling stage where you're on a hover bike, which is very akin to like the hoverboard levels in Turtles in Time. Um, So you have an entire stage of the game that is, again, like a third play style. And so this game, even though it is relatively short, if, if you're decent at the game, you can play through the whole thing and under a half hour, mm-hmm. which is fairly typical for a lot of arcade-style games like this. I mean... Speaking of Turtles in Time, you can finish that reliably in about 25 minutes, give or take. So um, not anything surprising there. But in that short amount of time, they did manage to pack a lot of variety in, for better or worse. Because in the sake of fairness, I do want to mention that the second overhead level in Contra 3 is fucking balls. Is that the one with <laughs> the sucks. sand? Like the quick yes. sand? Ugh. It's yeah. terrible. <laughs> and this is coming from someone who is like unabashedly a huge fucking fan of this game. That level sucks. That's There right. is zero redeeming <laughs> factors for that level. <laughs> it's not right. That's not bad. Just push the right direction. Dude, 
<laughs> yeah, right. Listen, whoever thought that like narrow walkways with no guardrails coupled with these like patches of ground that cause okay. you to speed up, slow down, or constantly spin around. Yeah, the boss that person that needs one. to be fired. <laughs> and that boss fight is trash. Okay, yeah. It's like it's a little visually wild. it's cool, but the mechanics of it are awful. All right. Well, on we'll that get note, there. We'll get there. <laughs> yeah. On, on that note, um, I suppose we'll go ahead and we'll take our first break. And then once we come back from that, hopefully you'll still be here because we are going to jump right into our discussion on the, the four major categories and ultimately the points that we are going to assign to each game for, for said categories that, uh, you know, ultimately may or may not matter. So we will see you on the flip side. we are back and hopefully you are too because this is where the discussion starts to get real down and dirty and into the weeds so we are going to cover our four major categories that we are ranking these games on as we said prior to the break those are critical reception personal attachment legacy and head to head so we are going to kick things off with critical reception and you know what i'm going to throw this over to tiger you can go ahead and start so tiger between these two games what what are your thoughts on their critical reception and which one would you give this to oh boy like and we're talking <laughs> i think we're talking about critical reception that was given during that time uh, correct yeah yes. so mortal kombat was obviously one of the biggest biggest games when when that game came out in the arcades it was the game you know street fighter 2 was the game to hover around when it came out and then when mortal kombat came out people hovered from street fighter to mortal kombat like it was it made a huge uh, impact on arcades absolutely and uh i i want to say like from what i remember the reception was super positive for it mm-hmm. because of uh, you know, I just I, I assume it's just the general popularity of it. The fact that it was realistic uh, characters, you know, you have all these sprites everywhere, sprites and cartoons and whatever. But, you know, these are real people now, uh, which wasn't done very much. Switch, switching over to Contra 3, that was also a very positively received game. I don't really feel that it was as positive as far as, you know, the feeling that I got from people around me or like my environment, I didn't Mm -hmm. feel the strength of the positive reception of Contra as strong as I did for Mortal Kombat. And, you know, it was mostly because it was in the news. (laughs) Mortal Kombat was in the news. It was, you know, it it was the big thing that, you know, got into the whole creation of the ESRB. It was just everywhere. So you couldn't really escape it. I really feel that Mortal Kombat kind of takes this one, in my opinion. All right. Well, I'll go ahead and and jump in next then, and we'll let Cade close this one out. 
So in terms of critical reception, yeah, I think I would have to probably agree with a lot of what Tiger already said. I mean, for Mortal Kombat, I mean, honestly, what what is there to say? Like, the game was colossal. Everybody knew about it. Even if you didn't play it, you knew about it. It was it was everywhere, and it was, by and large, very, very well-received. I mean, you know, in, in terms of... In terms of the gaming community, I guess, obviously, you know, we've talked about its its controversy with the violence and, you know, the the ESRB being created as largely because of this game, along with a few others like Night Trap. Yeah, it, it was it was practically inescapable. Like if you were of a certain age, even like, you know, uh, a teen or a young younger kid or a preteen or what have you hanging around at the arcades as a lot did at the time. Uh, you obviously were going to see this. And not only were you going to see it, but you were going to see that that crowd that Tiger mentioned just hovering around it with people, you know, stacking their quarters for next to to play against the person who's fucking wrecking everybody and tearing <laughs> their spines out or what have you. So, yeah, not too much more to say there. In, in terms of Contra, you know, I think the overall review scores that are known to us at the very least are all fairly high. It was very positively received in that regard. And I mean, ranking third best game of the year by Nintendo Power is also a pretty notable accolade, you know, being put up there as a possible contender for a game of the year. Pretty big deal. Uh, unfortunate that we don't have really any uh, sales figures or or data on this. But, you know, anecdotally, it must have sold fairly well, at least here in in the U.S., um, because you know some retrospectives that you can go and read out there from various you know uh, journalist outlets and what have you claimed that Contra Three was in some ways practically synonymous with Super Nintendo ownership. It was just that hmm. ubiquitous. Like if you had an SNES, there was a really good chance that you probably had Contra Three. So again, not necessarily a hard figure, but you know something to 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 keep in mind, I suppose. Now, having said both of those things, um, it's kind of hard not to go this way, right? But I think I have to agree that in terms of just overall critical reception, MK definitely has to take this one for me. So, Cade, what do you think? I'm going to disagree, but only because I separate, at least in my mind critical reception, popularity, and controversy. And I think a lot of those arguments are fueled by controversy and popularity. Meaning, like, mm-hmm. for an example, some some movies might have, like, a really high critic score, but they're, like, a cult classic, and they didn't sell really well or sell a lot of tickets, but they're a really good movie they just never took for whatever reason. Yeah, I think sure. games can, I, at least in my mind, I separate those things. There's no doubt that Mortal Kombat was more popular. And there's no doubt that it was a bigger part of the lexicon and the culture. Um, and there's no doubt that it had more controversy. Like, there's no doubt in all of that. Critical reception, I mean, I don't know what the critics were saying at the time. We have a little bit of data that you pulled up in the bullet point. But I mean, we're not necessarily supposed to talk about critical reception later, only in the year. But because mm-hmm. we have so little data, I think of like... Contra is considered the peak of the series. Mortal Kombat being the first entry is definitely not considered the peak of the series. Right. Um, And I think just a lot of those arguments are all very fair that you guys both brought up. But I think the fuel for most of that is popularity and controversy. So I'm going to be the contrarian and I'm going to go with Contra. All right. No, I love it. I think that's a totally valid, valid point. Absolutely. Yeah. 
All right. Well, moving things right along, let's jump into personal attachment. Um, So I'll go ahead and kick this one off. So it might not be a surprise if you've been listening to our show for any length of time and know anything about me at all, that turns out I'm not much of a fighting game fan. (laughs) Probably because I'm fucking just objectively terrible at them. Uh, but just never really been much of my jam. So personal attachment to Mortal Kombat just really isn't much. Like, of course, you know, I saw it at the arcades and a couple like pizza joints around my hometown, but I never really played it. Actually, I struggle to think of a time when I played the original Mortal Kombat arcade machine, because remember, we're talking about the arcade cabinet specifically. We're not talking about any of the home console ports because that's a whole different ball game. But in terms of just the cabinet itself, I don't think I ever touched it, not even once. Honestly, it wasn't until MK2 that I actually started to care about the Mortal Kombat franchise. And I mean, that's uh, that has to be tempered with that that you know knowledge that I am not a fighting game fan. So it was more of like I liked Mortal Kombat 2 from an aesthetic point of view, um, but was not good at it, let's just say. <laughs> Um, now, Contra 3, that is an entirely different story. It sounds like that um, was your jam. I fucking love this game. I am, I am, listen, I am trying to be as objective <laughs> as possible through this whole episode, okay? Because I, that's what I'm, I'm trying to have some sort of integrity mm. through the course of this King of Games tournament. But I, I fucking love this game. I played the absolute shit out of Contra 3. Everything about Contra 3 was the definition of fucking awesome to me as a kid. And frankly, it kind of still is. Like, this post-apocalyptic setting with these H.R. Giger-looking aliens that are honestly borderline demons at that point. Um, A completely kick-ass soundtrack. The sound design was incredible. It was punchy. It felt good. These humongous bosses that to this very day look incredible. I mean, even the box art for Contra 3 is just so fucking awesome. Like, I I can't say enough good things about Contra 3. <laughs> so obviously, obviously, this has to go to Contra 3 for me. This is This is in my top games of all time, like bar none. So on that note, uh, let's let's kick this over to Cade. So Cade, what what's your personal attachment to these two titles? I had um, I'm almost well, man. I've been I've been uh, what's the word? I've been stewing on this for about a week because I knew this was coming. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think personal attachment narrowly goes to Mortal Kombat. I'm similar to you in the sense of I don't play fighting games. I'm not good mm-hmm. at them. Also. Um, the only fighting game that I've ever spent time trying to develop a skill at is Smash Brothers, and I'm pretty good at Smash Brothers, but that's like an entirely different formula than like the standard 2D fighting game. I'm terrible at them. I was never good at Street Fighter. I was never good at Mortal Kombat, though to Tiger's point, it was a little bit more approachable. I could actually mm. do the moves. I could fly across the screen as Liu Kang and kick someone in the chest. It was awesome. <laughs> but... uh and then I didn't own a Super Nintendo. I had a, I was a Genesis kid, but all my friends who had a SNES, back to your point about sales, at least in my subjective, in my little anecdotal experience, it was ubiquitous. All my friends that had a SNES had Contra. And it was two-player, so I had these, I had these great memories of playing Contra with my friends at their house. Mm-hmm. But that is just shy of the magic, and maybe it's because I have a little bit of sadness that the arcade is dead 
because mm. the arcade <laughs> was a magical wonderland. I liked it more. I went to Disneyland as a kid. If you asked me, do you want to go to the arcade or Disneyland? I would say the fucking arcade. Disneyland, <laughs> suck it. The arcade was magic. And there was just something about, even though I wasn't good at Mortal Kombat, like going there, the energy, people standing around the cabinet. Like you said, the one guy that's like winning three, four, five, six, seven rounds in a row. Everyone's trying to beat him. People are screaming. They do a fatality. I'm like watching it and making sure my dad can't see me watch it because I'm not supposed to watch that game. <laughs> just, the whole thing is magical. And so I know I know that's not related to gameplay, which that's why this was a hard for me to decide. But personal attachment is more than just, I suppose, the feeling of playing the actual game. It's the whole experience of how the game impacted you yeah, and i would absolutely. say mortal Kombat just barely barely squeezes out over contra the, the arcade was the true magic yes, kingdom the all along. It was more just <laughs> the, the magic the energy of being in the arcade when it came out and there was an arcade close to my house and i think i was like ah, it came out in 92 right so i would have been uh six i would have been seven Oh. Eight, mm -hmm. Yeah, and I could ride my bike. The arcade was pretty close. I'd ride my bike to Blockbuster and rent games, and I would I would like save up quarters from chores and ride my bike to the local strip mall and hang out at the arcade. And lots of times I would go with no money, and I would just hang out at the arcade and watch people play. And Mortal Kombat was a game that I would sit and watch people play for hours. Wow. So it's just magical. Awesome. All right, Tiger. What what do you what are you feeling? Well, just that discussion. Like, I just want to tell you that 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 takes me back too. It was magical for me. And like, just side note, whenever I went to Disney, I definitely wanted to stop at the arcade. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> screw the rides, man. <laughs> uh, okay, so I separate to both of you. I had a huge personal attachment to both games, and we're in. You know, I. I'm trying to separate my Mortal Kombat console versus my arcade, but the attachment for both games were, you know, pretty heavy. Uh, I went to the arcade often, and again, when I said, you know, Mortal Kombat came, it, it was the game to go to. And I, I absolutely recall trying to uh, get just get a chance to play the game in order to figure out how to how to you know how to do the moves <laughs> and. And I just, I remember that the easiest person to play at the time when I was learning was Scorpion. Because all you had to do was back, back, low punch, and you throw that spear. And that, <laughs> I'll tell you, that spear was like such a huge uh, memory. Because, you know, you want you hear them say, get over here. That's like, you know, one of the, like, quotable uh, lines in Mortal Kombat. Probably the most iconic move of the game, I would argue. Yeah, sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, and, you know, you just want to get in that uppercut. And that, that was the go-to move, usually, whenever you did the uh, spear. And that was, like, the, the one that I want to do. I want to spear people, you know? <laughs> and not to mention, <laughs> also, the easiest fatality of the game, in my opinion. You just hold block and you just push up, up. And then, you know, they catch on fire. <laughs> they turn into a skeleton. I, I I remember those moves just, you know, I mean, one, they're simple, but two, that like they're ingrained in my brain for wanting to play Mortal Kombat and wanting to do those two specific things. And I even get to the teleportation, 
which was, you know, at at the time, uh, cheat as fuck, you know. But <laughs> yes. this is probably but, the reason that I played Scorpion all the time too, because <laughs> I was just like, I can just cheese this. That's right. all I'm gonna do. And, you know, they all had cheesy. Well, most of them had cheesy things, but you know, like that the, that those moments like stuck stuck up here in my brain easily, and like, oh, those were good times. So Contra Three, on the other hand. Again, as as you said earlier, you know, everyone had Contra 3. Actually, it's funny because I had a Super Nintendo. I did not have Contra 3. I had to rent it to play it. But my mm. friend actually did. And boy, oh boy, like playing that game one player, you know, I guess as a kid was super hard. Uh, I, I want to say that there was a code where you could get nine lives. Well, I mean, you can get up to seven just by changing the options. Oh, okay. That's what it was. Okay, so in the options, you could change it to the higher amount. So you, I, we would yeah. just do that because, you know, we're, we're trying to beat the game. <laughs> Me and my friend Mike, I would go over to his place and we would we would go at Contra 3. And we just, it was such a hard game that we could not beat this thing. And the, the memory of trying to struggle through all of the levels and always hitting a point where we we couldn't beat something and i just i remember the 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 hardest point at the time that i could remember uh was the 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 scrolling level the auto scrolling level and yeah. you know uh, and i wanted to say this earlier but you know you're playing this auto scroller like okay we've seen auto scrollers blah 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 they're cool whatever but then they tell you hey get on this helicopter and you're taking off in the air you're like oh what the fuck <laughs> Hell yeah. And yeah, that was such a cool thing. Uh, but it was also super hard because you had this little grappler guy was swinging around and you didn't know what he was going to do. And then he shoots at you and you, you guys are on the same missile on the damn helicopter. <laughs> all this was so hard. And then after that, you're, you're flying with all these other missiles. So you're trying to hop on all these other missiles. And at the same time, you're trying to destroy the, the little top thing and the little bottom thing on this freaking plane in front of you or whatever this ship in front of you is and at the same time they're also shooting the missiles and they're blowing up so you have to change all your missiles uh you have to uh, oh god like <laughs> that was the hardest and most <laughs> memorable stage for me as a kid and like i just remember having like a blast playing it and also at the same time being super frustrated that we would die <laughs> over and over and over again and we would not be able to pass that level and you know eventually we did and you know rejoiced and then realized that oh we have still many more hard things to do <laughs> yeah i was gonna say you you finally overcame that one only to be greeted with that second overhead level <laughs> <laughs> the game was just like a big fuck you yeah yeah and you know like i don't even remember beating it as a kid i just i do remember getting to the last level and then you're just encountering all these hard ridiculous like kind of mini bosses mm -hmm. and oh it it th these times are very very like uh i, I can envision them very well i see them <laughs> like like they they make they made a huge impact on me okay so you know saying both of these things i do think that Contra 3 had more of an impact on me. And I I think, you know, based on my personal attachment, I want to say that I would pick Contra 3 as the choice. Being that I think, it, it, since it was associated with like hanging out with friends, there was a co-op involved and like just just the, just the, the feeling of 
playing video games and always like trying to struggle past a certain point and when you pass it and you know, like that you just that that feeling of victory and then you overcome something like those are the feelings that I really love that I loved as a child when I played a video game so I think that's specifically why I would choose uh, Contra 3 over Mortal Kombat love it I'm actually yeah. I'm gonna be honest I am surprised by this I yeah? was certain that you were gonna pick MK I'm the fighting game guy category. right <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, out of the three of us, Tiger's the only one that's like halfway decent at any of those games. <laughs> well, you know, I, you know, it's surprise, surprise. This was Contra Three, um, but you know, at the same time, I will say that Mortal Kombat versus Street Fighter. I was always a Street Fighter guy. Mortal Kombat mm. was always a kind of weird, like it wants to be a good fighting game, but. It just focuses too much on the fatalities and stuff. So, <laughs> at least that's the Ooh, way I felt about that's, it. No, I that that might be some foreshadowing. I like that you brought that up. But all right. Uh, so in that case, uh, surprisingly, Contra is going to take the personal attachment category two to one. So we have yet to have a sweep, which I am also actually kind of surprised about. But I love it. That's it's good. We've got a we got a healthy competition going on here. So moving on to our third category, which is the game's legacy. Um, we will let Cade start with this one. God, this is the one I've been thinking about the most. I literally was laying in bed last night, like legacy. Like how am I gonna <laughs> how am I gonna break this down? Because it's hard. Because in this whole king of games thing, a lot of times you're pitting games that are different genres sometimes in this case a game that's the first title in a in a in a ip and in contra's case the third arguably pinnacle of the ip mm -hmm. so it's hard to know like if it was mortal kombat versus contra one in terms of legacy of i think mortal kombat would win a very it's just a bigger title <sighs> but i mean a long story short it's like mortal kombat's a bigger franchise than Contra. If maybe sure. if Contra hadn't died off and maintained <laughs> more headspace in the collective consciousness, then there would be like a better argument. And I almost want to give it to Contra because I think Contra is technically a better game mm -hmm. on a technical level. But uh, the legacy of Mortal Kombat is like we don't have Contra movies. We don't have Contra, like Contra's done. Mortal Kombat's still around and still relevant. So, and Mortal Kombat started it. So, I think it's a slam dunk, Mortal Kombat. All right. Succinct. I like it. All right, Tiger, what right. do you think? Here's my uh, in-depth uh, look at, <laughs> at choosing Mortal Kombat for Legacy. <laughs> oh, okay, great. I'll just uh, yeah. go ahead and mark that down. <laughs> like, con like, I agree with what Kate said. Like, Contra 3, that was kind of the pinnacle. It's like, that's it's done contra was great it it actually you know it it evolved from rambo movies and you know guns and all the and th that that whole trend they had a nice little resurgence with contra 4 on the ds that was nice mortal kombat you know they're on number what 12 almost now yeah still going man it it <sighs> It created it, you know, blah 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 blah. ESRB, Congress, blah blah blah, blood, uh, save the kids, whatever, you know, all that stuff. <laughs> it, it it made a D huge Snyder, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> such such a huge impact on our our culture, like the world, uh, video games in general. 
You know, I, I can imagine like, oh, we can have blood now? Oh, shit, let's start putting blood in our game. <laughs> uh, yeah, so like, absolutely, Mortal Kombat wins it, hands down. What about you, Shane? Ah, well, you might be surprised. <laughs> okay. But I'm going to say... Actually, you're not going to be surprised at all. It's Mortal Kombat. I mean, come right. on. Like, it, yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen, the thing is, is like, unfortunately, there's just not a whole lot to say in Contra 3's favor here as far as legacy is concerned. I mean, uh, Cade, you mentioned it. I think it's the most notable, the most notable item, like in terms of this game's legacy is that by and large, Contra 3 is arguably the best game in the entire Contra series possibly only losing out to Contra Hardcore. There are a lot of people that consider True. that one to be the better game. I am not in that camp, but <laughs> um, it is a, a valid argument to make. And that's kind of it. Uh, whereas, you know, you have Mortal Kombat, and I'm not going to sit here and reiterate what you guys said, but the legacy of this game is fucking enormous. I mean, it goes without saying that it created a monster in more ways than one, right? They kicked off an entire franchise that is still running to this day, along with feature films of dubious quality, uh, <laughs> comics, toys, merchandise. The list just goes on and on and on. So it, it has to go to, to MK for this, for sure. So that's going to be our first sweep of these categories, which then also leads us into the final one, which is head-to-head. So if you had these two games just placed right in front of you right now and someone held a gun to your head and said, pick one, which one would you pick and why? And uh, let's go ahead and uh, start this one off with uh, Tiger. All right. So I'm in my room. And yes. There is a Mortal Kombat arcade machine. <laughs> and Mysteriously. The, <laughs> uh, a gun. And <laughs> to my head. And a Contra 3. Oh, boy. I I think, it, it, honestly, it's not easy because, and I, I'll say only because, you're talking about Mortal Kombat Arcade. And mm -hmm. just, just, just the sight of the arcade machine is enough to be like, well, this, that, that automatically makes it a little more interesting. Uh, like just thinking about it because I remember like when even when I had a Super Nintendo I was still like this this still isn't as good as the arcade the graphics right. are still not as good as the arcade like I it and I remember just having this huge desire I wish these games were like the arcade <laughs> <laughs> the, the, either the sounds or the or the, the the graphics or the just the just the controls and and the fact that you're not using a stick like i used to love arcade sticks you know and then switching to a controller and trying to play fighting games on a controller like it just was not the same so 1992 it, first world problems right <laughs> right, <laughs> right and you know i'm not i'm not buying the dumb little what do you call that shit the super nintendo uh arcade stick with the fucking mm. four top buttons and the two bottom ones like who thought of that <laughs> come on anywho <laughs> so you know just trying to stay with it i i honestly though i i do believe i have a stronger attachment and again we talked about personal attachment i do have a stronger attachment to contra three but putting it in front of me i i do think i would probably pick contra three over mortal kombat Really? Mo mo mostly mostly because 
I have stronger memories and I want to revisit those memories uh, with Contra 3. I, I would say that that would be the sh- that would be the biggest reason why I don't have I don't have any strong desires to play Mortal Kombat, especially the first one. <laughs> it, it, I would I want to say that it's not far off because and then the biggest reason being that it is the arcade and my experience with the arcade machine is very limited because of how popular it was and by the time the newer iterations came out, you know, I was already playing those. So, I think I'll just cut it there. I, I definitely pick Contra 3 over uh, Mortal Kombat. All right. One yeah. point in Contra's favor. I'm going to go ahead and go next. I'm going to be very succinct. I, I'm not going to pontificate too much about this <laughs> because, uh, I mean, I'm just going to lead you guys on for nothing. It's fucking Contra. Like, full, <laughs> full, full stop. Like, I could play, like, would you, would I play Mortal Kombat if you put it in front of me? Sure, I guess. Like, I'd play it for five minutes and be like, Yep, I remember that's what this is, and then I'd be done. Whereas I could sit down, and even though Contra 3 is, like like I said, a 30-minute game, um, if, if I had nothing else to do, I'd play through it multiple times. Fuck it. Like, it's just that fun of an experience. So, absolutely Contra 3. All right, Cade, what about you? Where do you stand on this? Uh, well, since you were so succinct, maybe I'll just be succinct too. It's also Contra 3, mainly because I'm not good at fighting games. And I just feel like the replay value on a game like Contra is better based on my personal tastes. Mm-hmm. Um, the only fighting game, like I played a lot of Smash Brothers. I did play a lot of Killer Instinct on Nintendo 64. Mm. And once you get good at that's the only fighting game I got good at. And once you kind of get good at it, it's like, I don't know how to explain it. Like something about side-scroller platforming, I can do the same thing over and over again and find new ways to make it enjoyable. But I remember once I sort of figured out killer instinct the game just wasn't fun anymore mm-hmm. i went from really liking it to like Ugh, don't put that game in front of me i it's, i don't even want to touch it so <laughs> if i was stuck with one i think i would get way more mileage out of contra 3 all right well there you have it so in an interesting turn of events at least in my own mind because i saw this going very differently <laughs> to to recap our categorical discussion we have a tie essentially so Critical reception, uh, that's a two-to-one given to Mortal Kombat. Personal attachment, a two-to-one, but given to Contra. And then the last two categories are clean sweeps, with uh, Legacy going solidly to Mortal Kombat and our our head-to-head going to Contra 3, The Alien Wars. So that sets us up potentially for a very interesting final verdict discussion which we are going to get into uh, right after we take one last break. So we will see you there. have returned here we are we are at the final verdict where we are going to cast our votes for which one of these behemoth titles of 1992 are going to ultimately move on to the next bracket of our king of games 92 tournament and uh we are going to start things off with our nintendo host lp tiger so tiger 
Which one of these games do you think deserves to move on? Well, since I'm the Nintendo host, obviously one of these games are only on Nintendo. So... <laughs> no, okay. Is that okay. a vote? No, 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 no. <laughs> let's, let's talk a little. Uh, so... Sure. Uh, some of the things that I wanted to mention but didn't really have a chance to throw in there, you know. Uh, Mortal Kombat has so much personality. And that personality actually, like, very much meshes very well with me. And, you know, kind of wacky, like, you know, over the top sometimes, you know. Uh, A lot of, I'd say a lot of games, I think, I'd say a lot of games were wacky as well. This, This game really kind of, went super over the top obviously it's, it's, it's not only is using real human life characters but then you know you're basically turning them into cartoons with what you're doing with them and just the the uh, i think it's the first time i was really like this is real but it's not because you have <laughs> raiden flying horizontally <laughs> with his moves well back back forward by the way <laughs> <laughs> which is super easy to do. Uh, you you have Johnny Cage with his little split punch in the balls, which doesn't work on Sonya, obviously. By the way, it's a nice touch. <laughs> you, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. You 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 have Luke who's able to fly entirely across the stage with his like high kick. Uh, you just have these ridiculous moves, and it it made the game, which I don't re- recall anyone saying, very comical, and it. Street Street Fighter wasn't like that at all. So it really separated itself in the fighting game genre, not only because of the blood and the, and the easy inputs, but also because it's it was comical. And they really took that, you know, as they went forward uh, making more games. Well, are you trying to tell me that people don't have six rib cages? <laughs> and that's another thing, right? Yeah, you do the fatality and it's just like... <laughs> that all... <laughs> It was very funny. Yeah, all the bones, all the blood. Obviously, it was done over the top to be, like, hilarious. And, whew, then we have Contra 3. Contra 3 is this very, uh, we never talked about, uh, well, it might have been mentioned, but, like, the music, you you mentioned, Shane, the music in the game is freaking awesome. And then just the first stage, you know, I, I remember the entire track of the first stage. Uh, when you get to the boss at the end, and then the boss breaks the wall and it has this like eerie ding, 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 ding. And mm. that I remember as a kid, like, holy shit, what the fuck's going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> and this big like turtle bitch with mosquitoes coming out of the fucking top and a little fucking heart that you have to shoot. Ugh. And he breathes out the fucking energy or whatever. Like, and, th- and that's just one boss. Like all these bosses have this like super creative, not really my style, but like very like sci-fi, like over also i would say over the top looks like taking up the half of the screen or the whole screen very very different in comparison to the previous contras that that were released anywho i just feel like i'm i'm filling the void here because i kind of want to just make it somewhat fair between both of them but those two things that i mentioned for these games stood out for me but obviously if it wasn't hinted at earlier, I have such a stronger connection with Contra 3. And just, I'll just say, yeah, that's it. That's my choice. Ultimately, Contra 3 is my pick. Holy shit. We need that like horn sound effect. Oh my God. 
Me, 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 me. Me, me. I I am fucking flabbergasted that that's where you went with that. Yeah. I thought this, Holy shit. I thought this whole thing was going to be a sweep for MK. Ooh. Oh, I Y'all cannot didn't, wait. Y'all I cannot didn't know I wait. Running guns. Y'all didn't know to that. see the reaction to this episode. <laughs> Holy fuck. All right. Uh, wow. I love it. All right, Tiger. That was fantastic. <laughs> um, all right, Cade, uh, you're up, man. What, what, what's your, uh, what's your thought process on this? My thought process is, uh, I have a stronger connection to Mortal Kombat because of the arcade stuff. I think Contra three is a technically better game. It's the, arguably the pinnacle of the series, but when you, when trying to decide, like it's, it really comes down to like in the algorithm of thinking, what do you weigh more heavily? Is it legacy? Is it personal attachment? And I think that you should probably err on the side of less subjective, which is totally hypocritical to how I handled my last episode with Chris. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but in this case, I'm going to go the other direction. I, I personally like Contra 3 more, but I think the legacy of Mortal Kombat is... If it was any other fighting game, but like Mortal Kombat is, it's ubiquitous with American culture, at least. Like mm. everybody knows it. It's huge. Like you said, there's multiple movies, there's comic books, there's uh, how many games? 14, 15 games in the series now. There's offshoots. It's, even though I like Contra 3 more, the legacy is so massive. I don't think, I don't see how you can discount that. And, I, I just has to go to Mortal Kombat. I mean, it started. It didn't redefine fighting games, but it it is like if you were to write a history book about fighting games, Mortal Kombat would have a lot of pages. And fighting games, oh for sure, yeah. So it's. I just feel like the legacy is such a such a mammoth, such a beast that it overpowers all the other categories. So I'm going to go with Mortal Kombat. All right. So we are we are at a dead heat. We are tied it's, one for one. It's up to you, Shane. I'm gonna be honest. I kind of hoped this was going to happen. <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie. Like, listen, having clean sweeps is always interesting or whatever. But when you when it comes down to a vote, that's that's the secret sauce right there. So I uh, I was I was talking to Chris and Tiger actually about this sort of off mic sort of that. Uh, in preparation for this episode, because I have such a strong connection to one of these two games, I wanted to make sure that I put down all of my thoughts in writing. And I don't typically do this for these King of Games episodes. I'll be honest. I usually just kind of wing it at the end and kind of pontificate about some shit. And that's also why sometimes I'll have a swing in my decision at the last minute. It has happened. But this one was, to me, very important. And so I wanted to make sure that what my thought process was, was very clear. So having said that, I'm going to go into my final verdict here. So while I think that many folks would consider this matchup to be a foregone conclusion in Mortal Kombat's favor, which I think all, possibly all three of us might have thought at one time or another, um, I really wanted to take that moment to truly examine both of these games when they're juxtaposed to one another in this tournament style context, right? Mortal Kombat is undeniably a significant milestone 
in the history of video games. Its role in the industry avoiding government regulation and, and self-policing via the ESRB can't really be understated. We've brought it up a number of times. Had this not occurred, I think the gaming landscape would have been a very different place. Uh, it's also worth reiterating that the use of the digitized sprites of actual actors, though not the first time, it was still pretty novel and also fairly impressive for 1992, uh, particularly in how they implemented it. However, I've I've never, and it's not just for this episode, it's most of my life, I've never been able to shake this sense that in terms of the actual gameplay experience, Mortal Kombat has always been somewhat overrated. And by this, I mean <laughs> that I've always felt that folks tend to conflate the game's ubiquity and their personal experiences in arcades with the game's quality. Now, I know that this is possibly a little bit of like a spicy take or whatever, but I truly believe that if you were to completely divorce Mortal Kombat from its over-the-top violence and the sensationalism that it caused, you are ultimately left with what is, at best, an above-average 2D fighting game. So, to this point, because uh, I want to sort of reinforce this with some actual evidence, the owner of a fairly large chain of arcades was interviewed back in 92 when MK was released. And he said that he didn't feel comfortable with the game's level of violence, so sometime after the game was made available in their establishments, they decided to tweak the boards and completely remove fatalities. So instead of being gruesomely murdered on screen, the defeated character would just disappear. They'd just blink off the screen. This one change caused their MK cabinet revenue to drop by roughly 40%. Whoa. So this, in and of itself... I think, is a perfect illustration of why I honestly think that without the blood and without the fatalities, no one would have given a shit about Mortal Kombat. And so, turning to Contra 3, what do we have there? Arguably, it's the pinnacle of a series. It's a showcase of what the Super Nintendo hardware is capable of, and it's an all-around challenging bombastic, and honestly just a plain, fun, run-and-gun experience. Now, obviously, my personal bias is not to be ignored here. I've made no bones about that. But let's just make a quick comparison here for the sake of, hopefully, a bit more objectivity, okay? So while Mortal Kombat was technically impressive as an arcade game, with the benefit of the superior hardware that came along with being a cabinet, Contra 3 created a visually stunning, action-packed experience to rival any arcade machine in the home and on inferior hardware. So, with all of that being said, if we're ultimately trying to determine here which, game are, which games are the best of 1992, I have to give this to Contra 3, because it's capable of standing on its own as a solid gameplay experience without needing to be propped up by gimmicks or media sensationalism. And that's why I'm going to pick Contra 3. Holy shit. Well, you guys can deal with all the uh, the feedback. It's not my <laughs> podcast. <laughs> and we suddenly lost hundreds of listeners. Shane, oh, Shane, Shane. I, I, and I said this earlier. The game is awful. <laughs> What, Honestly Mortal speaking, Mortal Kombat is an awful game, but <laughs> uh, and I so I'm I'm agreeing with you. Like if mm. it wasn't for the gimmicks, 
it wouldn't have been very much. Other than right. other than uh, the you know the characters and the way that they digitized the moves and all that, that probably would have been its biggest. Uh, you know the other, uh, but it, then in that case, Pit Fighter would have been good too. <laughs> You're also forgetting though that Mortal Kombat so, created like this world and lore and story that a lot eh. of other fighting games haven't. I mean, Street Fighter kind of did, but I mean, the Mortal Kombat lore is, I don't know, maybe eh. I just watched that original night, whatever 1998, the movie came out, Mortal Kombat one. I can't remember what year it was, but right, was right, like right, that, yeah. Yeah, it was all right. I mean, you, you all made good points, but the legacy of Mortal Kombat is like, it's all time. It's like, oh, I agree. Oh, yeah, I don't. I, yeah, I don't think actually. I don't think any of us disagree at all yeah. on that point. I guess you it's just, just don't that, weigh it that heavy. No, right? Because Game sucks. and that's the thing is like I've even gone in that direction with some decisions before um, in this you know in this tournament at even, but especially in the King of Games 2000 as well, where a lot of what ultimately made my decision was the legacy of the game. But in this case, I just, like I said, I, I never could shake that sense that Mortal Kombat was not as good as everybody thought it was if you removed all of the over-the-top violence and the fatalities. You are left with a technically just okay fighting game. I want to add in that I kind of had a little test of time here. Mm. And Contra 3 holds up so well. Oh, but absolutely. Like, <laughs> it does hold up better. No yeah. Just yeah. going back. But like, as I was trying to play through both of these games, like I, I went to this Mortal Kombat game. I was like, oh, oh yeah, this is how this game was. <laughs> that's kind of how, <laughs> that's the feeling I got. And I was like, oh no, <laughs> like, why is this even a competition? <laughs> that's kind of how I felt, you know? So Yikes. what? So that's what Mortal Kombat go, had going for it though. Like it's, it's, the, what holds it up is that it made such an impact and you know that's why it's in this competition because of you know, how much power it has the, the name itself has yeah. but you know if we're talking games <laughs> all right so uh so, so there you have it i'm i'm going to wait and see the fallout from <laughs> from this decision the fact that mortal combat got dropped in this tournament in the first round is fucking wild but <laughs> i'm i'm here for it now wh whether or not contra 3 moves on past the second bracket that remains to be seen because there is some very stiff competition in the year of 1992 but just personally i am i am thrilled to see it actually move on i did i was i was coming into this episode expecting to be heartbroken but tiger you you <laughs> saved the day <laughs> Lucky, lucky that you picked me for these podcasts. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, first and foremost, uh, thank you to you both for for being here and participating in this tournament. These are always a really good time, and uh, I, I always enjoy talking with you both. So thank you. No worries. And uh, as far as what y'all do, um, I mean, I could throw it over to Tiger. I feel like I know what he's going to say, where he's just basically like, I have a Twitter, and that's probably it but i'll give you an option to do that anyway but Cade, you you've got some stuff that you do maybe occasionally on the internet what what yes. is it you do where can I, people find that i have a podcast called the gaming memories podcast where i interview people get to know them by asking them about the games they grew up playing and that impacted them usually artists musicians other podcasters actors 
Uh, I've even had engineers, just people. I get to know people, and I break the ice by talking about video games. It's pretty casual. Sometimes the entire episode is about video games, and sometimes it's five minutes of video games and 90 minutes of aliens. So you never know what you're going to get. <laughs> and then I have a new music project, Slave, S-L-A-E-V, that has uh, been launched the last few months, and it's doing really well. So you can find that project uh anywhere on the socials s-l-a-e-v awesome that's fantastic all right and 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 tiger do you have a twitter <laughs> you can find me on my twitter at l-p-t-y-g-e-r <laughs> actually i do have another thing to share Ooh, all right <laughs> yeah surprise surprise uh i am on a website uh well okay before we get there uh if you don't know i uh sell video games uh on amazon and ebay blah 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 but I also sell video games on this newer platform called Whatnot. And if you've never heard of Whatnot, it's kind of like Twitch has a baby with eBay. And <laughs> you you stream on Whatnot and you stream like whatever you're selling. So I actually have been hmm. selling retro games mostly uh, on this app. And you, you basically like, for example, I have Super Mario World cartridge only. It's beautiful. I'll start the bidding at $5 and then like a, uh, a minute timer comes up and you can actually bid on the actual product. And when it's over, whoever has the highest bid wins and they'll get it shipped to them. Uh, that's whatnot. And I have a profile on there. So I would love for you guys to follow that profile. Uh, whatnot.com slash user slash L-P-T-Y-G-E-R. I am L-P Tiger on Whatnot as well. So, uh, yeah, if, if, if you guys uh, would like to follow me there and have any curiosities about uh, what I sell uh, when I am streaming, uh, then definitely add me there. Awesome. All right. Yeah, I, I was surprised. I thought you had more to go for there. That's that's cool. I've actually never heard of that, so I'll have to check that out. That's kind of an interesting concept. It's very cool. All right. And as far as we're concerned, if you're listening to this, then, well, first of all, you, you may very well already be a patron because that's where this is going to come out first, if I'm not mistaken. That's usually what we do. So, hi. We, we appreciate you supporting the show. You're fantastic. We love you. If you happen to be listening to this on the main feed, then it's a little bit later, and you could have heard this much, much sooner if you also were a patron. So if that's something that interests you, then you can head to our link tree, which is just linktree slash retro hangover, uh, and you can check out all of the destinations, including our Patreon, uh, and uh, sign up there. And of course, we'd be forever, forever grateful. But yeah, that's that's pretty much the pitch. If you're listening to this, you might already know us, so I'm not going to bore you with a lot of the details. We do that in the main episode, so <laughs> keep an eye out for that, I guess. Um, but with all of that being said, we are going to wrap this one up. So Contra will be moving on to the next bracket of the King of Games 1992 tournament, and uh, we hope to see you there. Woo-hoo!